Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Desert Mountain Podcast. My name is Kim Atkinson, and I'm joined by a very special guest, Mr. Barry Konzer. Barry, welcome. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, Kim. Thanks for having me. This is a big deal because uh, you had a really big week last week, and I know you're a very humble guy, but this was this is exciting because I saw on the leaderboard a name at the very top, and it was yours for the Senior Club Championship. Well, I did. I was able to play well that first day uh, on Wednesday in the Senior Club Championship. Shot three under par at uh, Geronimo, and uh, we had some bad weather coming. We knew it coming in, so made the best out of it. Played a really solid round, and uh, of course, it snowed the next day, so it ended up being a pretty short event. Um, so I was fortunate. I played well the first day. It worked out. That is amazing. We had a lot of activity with that snow, um, and but I think Michael and I, as we would like to say about our very special Desert Mountain Snow, the one thing we like the best about it is it melts. Goes away quick. Goes away <laughs> quick. So so very good. So uh, another reason uh, why we have you on our, our podcast today is to, to talk a little bit about your background as a real estate agent. And another great thing that happened last week is you closed on a home in the, in the uh, mountain. And we are also talking real estate this week as it relates to the Cochise Restoration Project. So um, a lot of things to unpack and, and understand. And um, so back up a little bit, if you could, your background in real estate, you're with the Russ Lion Agency, which is a partner with the club. And um, tell us a little bit how long you've been with them. I've been with Sotheby's here on the mountain since 2015. Um, I have a previous real estate background. I started in mortgage banking in the early 90s and then morphed into residential real estate in the early 2000s. Um, and then Jack O'Keefe gave me the opportunity to come on with the staff here at Desert Mountain in 2015, which I, I jumped all over. It was a great opportunity. It was a good transition for me. Um, I've had a history at the mountain since the early 1990s. Uh, I was a touring pro that I played out of here for many, many years, and I uh, had a wonderful opportunity that Lyle Anderson and Dick Highland gave me back in the day. Um, so I've been around the mountain a long time, seen a lot of changes, a lot of things happen, but uh, it's been great to be at the, with the crew down front. Uh, first class, uh, our whole team is first class down there. Uh, some very seasoned agents, uh, people really care about their clientele and uh, delivering great products, great services for their clients, and it's been a pleasure to be part of the team. Where are some of the prospective um, residents, folks that are coming to Desert Mountain, what are some of the things that they're looking for? What are you hearing from them? You know, the, uh, the amenity package we have here is second to none at Desert Mountain, um, just compared to the North Scottsdale Corridor, which is our competition, whether it be Estancia, Whisper Rock, Mirabelle, um, you know, the various courses, DC Ranch, up and down the corridor. Um, we, we at one time struggled a bit because of our distance from of town. Now it's become more of an asset that we're closer out. Um, you know, being surrounded by national forest always helps. Uh, the security and safety of being up a desert mountain is a big a factor for folks. Uh, now we have medical facilities close by. We have a medical facility on campus now, which is great. Um, so they're looking for a lot of different things, but our amenity package and particularly our golf courses is what mainly sells Desert Mountain. So Barry, as a scratch golfer, of course, you're going to bring a lot of perspective to us. And I um, recall a story that you told recently about being invited to a table with some other scratch golfers as we were um, educating our members, different golf groups about the Cochise Restoration Project. So if you could please tell us kind of what your mindset was leading into that and then what happened in that meeting and how you're feeling today? 
Sure, of course. Um, kind of what happened is, uh, you know, I've been started sort of the Christmas parties and um, just chat around the mountain, really being on the driving range, putting green, locker rooms, <laughs> clubhouses, you know, hearing a lot of chatter about what the membership thinks about what is going on here at the club and uh, our initiatives in terms of our infrastructure improvements. And uh, most particularly the one that's right in front of us now is the Cochise Rest- Restoration. And a lot of us, we had questions. We, uh, so there was uh, four or five groups, uh, golf groups, that mainly represent the low handicap players, the lower handicap single digit players here on the mountain, men and women, um, that uh, had an opine of kind of what, what should be going on. And we, I heard a lot of those conversations. And, and so we were asked, there was four of us that were asked to, to uh, be part of a group to meet with the board. Um, and a couple of the, the members of the staff of management and sort of have a little round table. Um, and that happened in early January. Uh, and it was, it was eye-opening. It was refreshing and eye-opening. Um, we were able to sort of take our, our group's concerns and um, interests and talk to these people about, you know, where we thought the direction of the club was. We didn't understand some things. And they were, they couldn't have been more accommodating. Uh, they were great about answering our questions. We asked some very difficult questions. And uh, Todd Bone was there and John Lieberger. They were wonderful. Um, and the board members that were there were, were excellent as well. Um, they listened. And um, they also uh, kind of explained some things from behind the scenes that we weren't aware of. And um, suffice to say, after two hours of that meeting, I came out of there with a different perspective than I had before. Um, I just I was kind of just curious and wanted to know, and I, we asked the tough questions of things we'd heard over the last uh, several weeks prior, and um, the question, the, the answers came back uh, very tidy. Um, but the long and short of it is, uh, and I can tell you this from a real estate perspective and a golf perspective, that the most single most important thing here at Desert Mountain in, term, in terms of our amenity package is the quality of our golf courses and the conditioning of our golf courses. Um, we need to have that uh, no matter what, and that's, it starts there. So uh, there's been some challenges. There's been some things that that's the main thing we were addressing with the, uh, the board and um, with the staff on that. And, uh, you know, Todd's only been on here on, on staff for 18 months now or so. He's incredible. Um, I'm really impressed with Todd, um, his depth and knowledge and his way he's going to attack um, the challenges we have moving forward. Um, is incredible. And I think that, um, you know, we just got to realize we have an aging infrastructure. And when it comes to the Cochise restoration itself, uh, we're talking, of course, that's 34, 35 years old. Um, in my mind, even before I was on board, because I know these courses have to be restored uh, probably every 25 years or so. Um, the thatch builds up on the greens, the thatch builds up on the fairways, the infrastructure uh, gets aged, uh, particularly here in the desert. Um, we have plastic piping and things underground. Um, we have a pump house that's failing. Uh, so these are things that need to be addressed. And, uh, you know, we can certainly talk about kicking the can down the road, but I think we've already done that for too long. Um, we weren't able to address a lot of these things at our club for so many years, uh, be it economically or this, just the position the club was in. We've had a, had a great run, as we all know, the last few years, and I can attest to that from our real estate side. Um, I'm guessing the values have doubled in, in the mountain since then. Um, and also we've had, uh, you know, the turnover in the membership provides us with the, and the new structure, um, the 165K, and that, you know, that may go up at some point, but it's enough for the club to operate at, at a high level. 
and to to be able to take on this project in particular without uh, assessing the membership. Right now, all we have to talk about really and address is the Cochise restoration. And I can tell you that, um, you know, even if you're here for another five years or 10 years, would you rather not play a course in great condition as soon as possible? Or would you rather play, play a course that quite frankly, we know could be a lot better. And um, besides that, if we lose our pump house, I think we're looking at a real big problem. If we lose our greens, particularly if that happens in the summertime, um, I think we're looking at a huge uh, cost that could be addressed uh, earlier than that. Um, so I'm, I'm a big proponent of it. I, I was prior to that meeting, even more so now. And um, I respect everyone's opinion at the club, and I know that others feel differently. But if you're on the fence, um, that's where my vote is. <laughs> just so you know. Well, I appreciate that. And, and there are a lot of opinions. And we have certainly heard from uh, folks who have questions about some of the greens um, that are moving and that are being proposed. As a golfer, and you look at 9 and 18, for example, um, how will you be able to play those better based on the, the uh, plans that you've seen? Well, I think that uh, number nine, I spoke with John Leiberger about this, and um, him and Todd sat on that green and watched players come in, the average player, and it's a difficult second. It's, uh, you've got to hit a high lofted uh, shot. Uh, you can't get too close to the green because we know there's that downhill slope, so a lot of people end up having to lay up just to try to hit it on the green three strokes. Um, I think for the playability of the membership, um, for the bulk of the membership, it would be uh, a wise idea to lower it. Um, they're not talking about moving it wholesale. Um, my understanding is it's going to move about, you know, 15 to 20 feet um, and then probably lower it another 10 feet. So it'll be a bit uh, easier target for people to, to finish that hole on. Also on number 18 with that back bunker. When you go in the back bunker, you're pretty much up against the rocks back there. So pulling the green forward will give us a deeper bunker to work with there and pull the green a little bit closer to the existing wash. So, Barry, we chose this wonderful location, this beautiful home, friend of yours, Mr. Gonzalez, who's yes. been gracious enough to let us hang out on his patio today um, to talk about property values and what a restoration of a golf, golf course does for property values and what it maybe could do without that work that's done. Um, and, you know, the saying goes, with rising tide, brings up all ships. So how does that... Um, how does that res resonate with you and, and the other agents as it relates to this project? Well, I think for the most part, our office is bullish on this restoration. Um, we know that infrastructure has, has to be reinvested in here on the mountain. Um, we, we have uh, very good maintenance practices to keep our infrastructure intact, yet at some point you need to reinvest just like you would a home. Um, we have clients that are buying homes that have been on the mountain for 20, 25, sometimes 30 years and there's a lot of infrastructure that needs to be addressed there. Usually HVAC units, roofs are big things for us. So um, we're very familiar with uh, having to, to uh, coach our clients on, on putting not only money into restoration, the finishes of the home, but the deferred maintenance items as well. So as that relates to the golf courses, uh, it's the same thing. When, um, we, when we're coaching people to put homes on the market, oftentimes we're asking them to make some of these changes not again, not just in the finished package, but also in the deferred maintenance items. And when you're addressing a golf course, it's the same way. We could go ahead and and uh, practice great maintenance procedures, keep the you know, the greens as nice as we can, 
But I can tell you that Todd's fighting an uphill battle out there right now. Uh, we have four inches of thatch in the greens on those uh, alone. So when you take a divot, even at Cochise, and you try to repair it, all you're coming up with is gr- in grass. So oftentimes they get quite spongy and uneven feeling. Um, I think it also sends a message up and down the Pima corridor that we're willing to uh, step up and invest in our uh, golf courses and to keep them at the, the very best they can be. Um, like I said, I believe the top priority for our amenity package at Desert Mountain is have these golf courses in it be in the greatest condition as possible. I think John Liber's on board with that. Uh, I think Todd Bone is very much on board with that. I know Damon Diorio is on board with that. Um, and certainly if you ask most of the members, they would also agree. So the question is, how do we get there? And sometimes it's not without pain, uh, meaning that um, we're going to be displaced again uh, here. Um, there would probably be, if this passes in September, some uh, some overlapping with, with Renegade Clubhouse not being quite done yet. And also, you know, the tearing down of the driving range and the golf course at Cochise. Um, yet I would say, you know, why not now? Why, why not keep going, moving forward, get it behind us? Um, it's not something that the board really wants to do. It's not something that the staff really wants to address. Yet, as stewards of the club, which I believe we are as members, we need to take on these, these projects and we need to accept that there's a time frame to do with them. A lot of it makes sense. I understand now we're, we're talking about backing up the Geronimo um, restoration. Um, I've told Geronimo was a couple of years. I've been, I've been around. I remember those courses around. It seems like they were built about the same time in 89, but I think Geronimo was just a bit older, uh, excuse me, younger. So it may, maybe we can hold off that on an, another year or two. Yet, uh, you know, we're going to have to address that as well. That's right. And um, it's just part and parcel, like I said, with being stewards of this property and land. And I also think we need to, as members, not look myopically at certain things and pick and choose our winners and losers. I think we have to have a more holistic uh, overall view and look at all the amenity packages and, and consider that they all need to be addressed at some point. Um, you know, I, I, I can't wait till I can start playing bocce and pickleball when I have time to do those things mm-hmm. and use the hiking trails more often. Um, yet those aren't on my plate now, but I still understand the importance of those for our club moving forward right now and in the future. So um, I think that we all kind of have to look and have more hats on than just kind of what we experience at the mountain because there's so many different things to do here, yet a lot of us, you know, we only focus on one or two things, and that's all that's important to us. But we have, you know, we have beautiful restaurants and clubhouses and, you know, and the Sonoran Clubhouse, um, there are trail system. There's just so many things that we don't all use, yet they're all synergistically important to the success of our club. That's very well said. And the reason you don't have a whole lot of time to do all those things is because you're selling a lot of real estate these days. Well, it's been, it's been going very well. Our yes. whole office has done very well. And yes. I, I, in particular, I had a very good week last week. You had, um, you had club championship week and then something else happened. Well, we were able to sell a, a home in Painted Sky uh, for my clients. It was a beautiful uh, Dan Popson built Michael Christensen designed home on the uh, 13th hole mm-hmm. at Apache. And uh, we, we just were wildly successful. We had two open houses, had over 75 people at each open house, which was wonderful to see. Um, it's a new contemporary home. It's only a year and a half old. Uh, the finished package was wonderful. And it just struck a chord with the, the folks that are the buyers that are looking around. And, and most of the, the buyers that came in were members of Desert Mountain. Um, people are looking for newer, better uh, product. And um, 
you know, we're, let's face it, we're dealing with a lot of discretionary income here on the mountain. Yep. And they're able to, to execute on these homes if they, and they enjoy it. And we were able to get um, several bids, and the house ended up trading at 600000 over asking price. Wow. Um, which speaks to a home like this and any of the, the newer structures on the mountain. Um, people really want the, the, the newer finishes, the contemporary homes. Um, I would say about 70% of our market is like that, Kim, where people are looking for that. Um, and if you deliver that to the marketplace, it, it responds favorably. Um, conversely, the, fo- the home that my folks purchased was a renovated home in Desert Fairways. Um, and that home traded $2.9 million. Now, that's a record sale in Desert Fairways as well. But I can tell you it was immaculately done remodel. They spared no expense. They tore it right down to the studs and did a wonderful job with that finished package as well. And again, I think we're at the life cycle of our real estate here on the mountain, that it's, it's a good time for people, if they're considering a renovation, to move forward and move forward confidently. Because if you do the right things, you do the right finished packages, and you, again, pick up on those deferred maintenance items, you'll definitely be making a nice investment and you'll get that back in your home sale. That's a lot of parallel paths that we're talking about. Very much so. It becomes a restoration across the board. Well, um, so this week we also happen to be pushing our Inside Desert Mountain magazine. So you'll see copies of those um, around the club and in your homes. They've been mailed. So um, any goodies in here for our members to look forward to? There are some wonderful homes in there. We have, um, you know, I I mentioned the, the newer homes in here. We also have some great uh, some Tuscan homes that are beautiful, some of our Southwest traditional homes, our beautiful. Santa Fe homes that uh, are still in favor with a good portion of the buyers. Um, you know, we, again, we have a great agent. We have a lot of great agents at our office at Sotheby's that can coach you through those dynamics of getting your home pre- prepared for sale. And um, it's a lot of eye candy in the inside Desert Mountain Magazine that's, this week. It's worth, we're seeing. That's true. And some good... Uh, lifestyle articles as well about whiskey and hiking maybe not at the same time uh <laughs> and not. oh profile on todd bones so you'll get some information there and a little uh some classic cars as well so that that was a lot of fun for us to take video and shoot those so um lots of great information the restoration of the Cochise course has really got kind of center stage right now um, members still have questions and um some information out there that maybe comes back to us. It doesn't always sound like it was when we put it out there um, and, and does happen with things like this. So um, I will ask, uh, Barry, do you have any insights onto some things maybe that you hear um, out and about that you can help explain to our membership what some of the facts are behind those things? Um, you know, 9 and 18, we address that a little bit. Um, those are not attached to any other future project. They're simply there in place by the architect to make those holes more playable. Um, and we can put that one to rest, hopefully. other Others that you might want to touch on for us. Well, I think that, you know, our club does a really good job with communications. I, I, I believe that, you know, not everyone attends the, the coffee talks and the presentations we have, but I think that's an important element to uh, understand that we're, the club is trying to reach out to its members and, and let us know what they're doing. And um, I know it's, it's not always time convenient in that, um, but we do have these, these podcasts and things to, to assess on your own time. Um, and also a lot of these coffee talk presentations, I know that they're, they're also uh, capable to, to take a look at those as well. Um, 
But I think that what the the opportunity that we had as this uh, representing the if you will, the lower handicap players and meeting with the board and the staff is just to get a firsthand look at, you know, the decisions they have to make and the challenges they face. And, you know, overall, the thing that I notice more than anything else is uh, on these comments that Kim's talking about is that there's a little bit of an us versus them mentality. And we kind of felt that going in when we were, when we came to present to the board, um, our concerns. Uh, when I came out of there, what I realized is there is no us versus them. It's just us. It's 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 not it's our board. It's it's our membership. It's our staff, which we have a phenomenal staff here at Desert Mountain, which we're all aware of, um, and we're all on the same page. And I think that the management uh, they've been given a uh, a directive, if you will, to make this the finest club in North America. And we've tasked Damon and his crew with doing that, and they're simply executing that plan and that. If we, if we want to go a different direction and we want to stay status quo, which I am not for in any way, shape, or form, mm -hmm. that's a, a whole different discussion. But if we do want to be the finest club in North America, I think we've got – Damon's doing a great job of, of executing that plan. I think our board's doing an excellent job of executing that plan. And I think we need to give them a bit more faith. Um, having said that, we had some challenges with Renegade, and, yeah. and we all agreed that there were some mistakes made there at Renegade. Um, I, for one, like the tough white greens that they made, but I also understood that that made it a lot harder for our average golfers to play and found and realized that that was a mistake. Well, we're addressing that now. We're changing some of those greens that were issues. We've already made some of those changes. The bent grass was a very sophisticated surface, really tough to hit off of. Those pitch shots around the green were very difficult. That's been changed now. And it took a while to uh, execute all that and get that done. Now that's not... Not close, we're close to being done, but we have a clubhouse to take care of as well. Um, but that's, mistakes were made. The club can make mistakes. It's okay. But we, we can't simply try to, you know, hurt, let's teach them a lesson and, and vote this down. And, and really, I think what we're doing is, is hurting ourselves and shooting ourselves in the foot because this is a project that needs to be taken care of. We've, we've kicked the can down the road for far too long. Um, I think it's five to seven years overdue, to be honest. And um, I say we just tackle it and bite the bullet, get it done. Thank you, Barry. Appreciate all of those comments very much. Sure. I will help clarify on that statement that you made about becoming the uh, finest um, golf and recreational lifestyle community in North America. Not that I don't know it by heart, um, but it is not about a ranking. It's not about a number one and, and seeing if we can get in front of congressional. Um, it's all about being the best we can be and all the things that you do as a club to become the finest golf club in in the in North America. So we are proud of all the things that are occurring to get us there. And um, I'm glad that you brought up Renegade because there were lessons learned there. There were mistakes made and uh, Todd spoke about them today out at uh, the coffee talks and, and out on, on the ninth um, green in speaking with members that he absolutely saw things that, had he been here to supervise that, would have been done differently. And so we can see uh, some of those successes on Renegade now. I understand not everybody plays it unless it's, uh, you know, without the carts um, and want to be able to, to drive that. But it's coming soon. We are still willing that sun to come through this, <laughs> these clouds right now uh, to give us some sunshine. But uh, those are some great insights that you gave us. So Thank you very much for that. My pleasure. 
Well, Barry, that was very well stated. I, um, we all appreciate you very much uh, for spending the time on your busy schedule to be here with us and, and help our members understand what we're facing and what we're trying to do to help create an excellent experience for everybody. So uh, it is wonderful to have you. Thank you so much for your time. My pleasure, Kim. Thank you for having me.